The sun is shining. The weather is sweet. Back at it, the beautiful island of Mallorca. I'm with my not so little Danish boy anymore. Last time uh, I seen him, a lot has changed. He's a big boy now. I can't uh, treat him like a little kid. He just got back from the USA, playing some ball over there. I'm with his family in paradise. Check it out. All right, so tell me all about it. Was it uh, shocking? Was it uh, everything you expected? How do you feel about your first year over in the, the USA? I mean, the USA is a lot different from Denmark, obviously. Denmark is like, everybody needs to like follow along and like- Be good little boys? Yeah, yeah. there's room for everybody in the US. It's like everybody for oneself. Like you gotta take care of you. That, that's the expression I got at least. Like for example, at football practice, you gotta take your reps. You can't just stand there and wait to get something. Yeah, you gotta take what's yours. It's more, yeah. very more individualistic than Denmark. Like I think in Denmark, at least my time there, it was more let's hold hands and everyone's happy and you know, Hakuna Matata, right? Yeah, exactly. So obviously last year I came here in uh, Mallorca with you, but you've been here I mean, all throughout your childhood, right? What do you think about the, the island? It's a fun place, fun uh, family place, probably not like, I mean, it got its own vibe, like, it's more like a family place, I would say. But there's like party in yeah, Magaluf. Yeah, but if you want to go to a party island, you got to go to Ibiza instead, but Mallorca is more family friendly. I mean, you can't find some youngsters somewhere, but the beaches is nice and the hot weather and like a dream. Paradise. Yeah, definitely more family or orientated. We're in Saint Elm, Saint Elm. Yeah. And it is just like a quaint little village um, on the seaside. Not crazy amount of tourists, but just beautiful. Wait till you see uh, these shots up here. Yeah, so half of the year, this Saint Elm little place is closed. I guess it's like a ghost town. The restaurants and the stores don't really open up till late March to October as it's literally you know just kind of a, a summer resort chill village European uh, beach vibe Yeah, for me, it's the perfect destination. You got a lovely little girlfriend, you're having a romantic getaway, or, you know, if you're with a, a family like I am with these guys, it's chill, it's good food, good beach. Yeah, paradise. I do say, though, it is very expensive. Before these guys got in here, I came and I booked a really shitty hotel for like 150 euros that was near the airport. That was like one of the best deals you can get. Normally that hotel that I stayed in would cost like 40 euros somewhere else. So, you know, Mallorca, huge tourism economy and you're gonna pay the prices for sure. So what's crazy to me is I've been, you know, quite a few places in the Mediterranean and uh, this is the second time I've been back to Mallorca and the first time they showed me you know a ton of the good spots and I, I come back here again and they keep showing me new spots it's a way bigger island than you expect a lot of different little cute areas and you know places to explore I definitely think you need a car or a Vespa to really see it all or feel it all if not you know take a bus to where you're staying and 
you know, you're gonna be in that village the whole time. So it's not, you know, the island is not totally walkable, just the little areas around it. All right, back to the, the Danish boy in the USA. So give me um, some stereotypes you thought and some culture shocks that happened uh, about your first year over there. So I thought, like, when I saw an American see, like, the southern stereotype, now I was in the north, so I didn't see many of those kind of people. So that was your stereotype of Americans? Yeah. The southern type, okay. Yeah. Like the cowboy, the Texas, all exactly, that? Exactly, exactly. Okay. But then when I got there, people were all friendly and nice to me. I made sure I was okay. Everybody was greeting me with a smile. The friendliness of Americans is pretty unique in this world, right? Like people, yeah. will random people will talk to you, correct? Yeah, exactly. Some people would just walk off to me and like uh, say, hey, how are you? And stuff like that. And when you just walk past like teachers or someone like that you never met before, they're like, hey, how are you? And all that different stuff, like the small talk thingy. I don't see that anywhere else in the world. <laughs> The type of people I've seen um, on the island mostly been uh, Scandinavian, British, and I think, at least on Tinder, I've seen a lot of Dutch girls. So I think those are the type of clientele. It's a lot different than when I was just in uh, Tenafry. And again, I was in the touristic part. It seemed like it was uh, the goofballs of Britain that were flooding that island. Here is a little more, I'd say, you know, higher class and people that, uh, you know, aren't just going on stag parties and causing a mess. everybody's got to know you know how are the American girls to the the foreign boys I got <laughs> I got to talk to a lot of girls and like girls seem interested and stuff like that but I don't, I don't want to be too good about myself and stuff like that oh okay okay yeah too many of the girls are listening right now so you can't say anything stupid right exactly yeah exactly. okay so obviously we met um, when I was playing football in Copenhagen American football mm -hmm. and now you are in the USA mainly too play ball you know you worked your ass off yeah last couple of years to the goal was to get over there and get some college scholarships and whatnot so you know I'm curious because obviously this game is not too popular outside of uh, the USA I'm curious why are so into it and why it is one of your passions it all started when I actually started playing football before that I started playing soccer like every other European boy and I just soccer wasn't me and I'm like a very physical boy so I feel like I need something with some contact and then I got into football and I just felt like this is this is so much me and like I want to do this for the rest of my life or as long as I can. And then I started thinking about, okay, this is the level of Denmark. How far can I get besides that? And then I started dreaming about going to America and playing football over there. And I got to know the college life and stuff like that. And I think I thought to myself, I want to try experience that if that is possible for me to reach. That's how like my dream started about going to America. And then I got my chance here last year to go to a school in America where I play football. After a lot of bullshit too, yeah, yeah all the COVID yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, COVID kind of scooped me up. Here it took away a year of football in, uh, in America. But then I got another chance by a guy who also met in Denmark. Come play for his school over in, uh, in Massachusetts. And that's where I played the past year and I'll be going there next year as well. All right, so in the background is, what is it, the dragon fly? That little mountain thing? Oh yeah, the island is uh, the dragging something. The dragging, so it looks like a dragon. Um, it's uh, uninhabited, it's like reserve, and I don't know, it looks pretty cool, especially when the sun comes down. Okay, regarding the football thing, in my opinion, like Danish society is almost too easy, right? Yeah, and I, you can say that. And I believe football, like you feel that pain of sacrifice, of adversity, of struggle, mm -hmm. 
and then obviously when you overcome that and like win a game or make a big tackle the high is like ridiculous and i don't think such a perfect society like um the denmark one you don't really get to feel like alive no, like you do no. in football is this some that uh, makes sense yeah because in in denmark you have like free education and stuff like that and my uh, experience with america like you have to pay for your education but you can get a scholarship so people's like way more into football it's more like a lifestyle instead of just a hobby whereas in denmark it's more like a hobby but do you also feel what i'm talking about like the game makes you feel alive mm -hmm. yeah it does uh, which is also why I didn't want to keep playing in Denmark because it's not the same feeling playing for a small team where nobody comes to watch and stuff like that. It's, you're more like, am I the only one having this feeling here? And I'm like, I don't want to be a part of that. I'd rather go somewhere else where people feel the same way as me, like America. Yeah, it's not saying all your teammates felt like that. There's, no, yeah. yeah but I know your overall meaning, like yeah. you want the Friday night lights. Mm -hmm. You you wanted the, the Saturday's college football and, and possibly beyond too. Like you, yeah. the cheerleaders and you know, all that yeah, stuff. So. Exactly. Gotcha. But the feeling I was getting at is a lot of times how I feel about the game of football. You know, it's great being in Mallorca on the beach, bottle of wine with a beautiful girl, but it gets old. There's nothing like football and that competition that makes you feel like you're almost in a war. All the bullshit you have to go through, the bonding with the team, the sacrifice, and then finally coming out on top is just like, it's ecstasy. And I don't think any feeling besides maybe, you know, a war or whatnot can somewhat replicate that that's why i appreciate this game so much that's why i still do it and that's why i'm happy dudes like this you know from uh, europe are able to feel that same thing that football has given me i'm gonna show you a little mini market in spain Hola, hola. Hola, hola. Chorus went in Spain, drink vino. Alright, we were doing a little beach day. Not beach day, rock day, you know, laying the rocks, but that's the best water over there. And uh, we're just having a little bro to bro chat. And you told me, you know, obviously last year and the years before that I knew you, you're, and not that you'll take any offense, but you know, in the years past, you're kind of a short, fat dude. You were playing uh, quarterback and, you know, kind of against all odds, you went to the USA and then put on a lot of weight, as in muscle, and you dominated, you know what I mean? And then you came back to Denmark, played in some games, and you bullied even more. But you were telling me, and I think this goes into the topic that um, has gotten a lot of mainstream attention with the likes of like the Andrew Tates and the, the Manosphere and the Red Pill is that you're like, you know, a lot of people are treating me different now that I'm back in Denmark. Either they missed you or now they're like, oh, this is the dude now. He's yeah. tough, USA yeah. boy, and you know, he's dominating this sport. So kind of take me through that, like uh, being based on your merit to, as a man man with your friendships and, and the girls and whatnot. Let's say in the beginning, uh, when I was the short, fat kid playing quarterback, um, I mean, some, I, of course I had a lot of fans who still talk to me and stuff like that, but I didn't have the same amount of fans as I have now. Girls, I mean, I still had some games with girl, like, uh, <laughs> good girls, but like, it's not, not the same level as I do today. Then I went to USA, um, tried to chase my dream, 
and it went pretty well. I put on some weight, I grinded, did my hard work and stuff like that. And then I got back over summer break and I met all of the old friends and stuff like that. I played in the Danish uh, final game of 19. I'm 17 right now and we won against the Oaks. After the game, I remember this, um, the head coach for the national team came up to me and almost begged me to come play for the team and I was unsure if I could because I had work and all of that stuff. And then he started talking to my head coach and stuff like that. Really put in the effort, try to get me to play for the national team. And I'd never experienced anything like that before I went to US. It just shows that how how uh, how people change when like you get better at the sport. How much interest people show for you and stuff like that when you get back. And I think that's a really eye opener for me because I never tried that before. Yeah, I mean, and it makes sense because they respect that you put that sacrifice in mm -hmm. and you were getting rewarded you know, on the field because of it. And the, the attention obviously comes from that because anyone, you see people doing things, you, you obviously look up to them as in like, damn, I wish I could be doing that. Or, you yeah. know, what have I been doing the past year while he's been getting that way? Obviously that breeds resentment, but also breeds like respect. You know, it's an interesting conversation that happens a lot, especially with athletes, mm -hmm. you know, we're judged a lot about, um, you know, how we perform and what we do and who we are. And a lot of athletes get lost in the sauce because of it, right? They, yeah. they make their whole life dependent on that, that image of succeeding and had a great conversation re recently with uh, CJ Fowler and we were talking about the same kind of thing but when he was super high in high school and went through some crap and the journey of being you know this person that is the man in the arena right like we go out there we're playing in front of the fans you know we're doing things that a lot of normal people aren't doing and with that comes you know a lot of highs and a lot of lows so it's interesting because we we're you know chatting one-on-one -on -one about it that uh, that you felt it because obviously my whole life too I've, I've been in similar situations especially mm -hmm. being in that quarterback position and in my opinion there's no other place I'd rather be because mm -hmm. it cuts through all the bullshit you always get to see who's real who's not you get the highest of the highs the lowest of the lows and it just makes you become you know stoic to all the bullshit right and yep. you, you just you walk around with your shoulders up because it's like no, this is who I am. This is what I've been through, and and uh, you know nothing little is gonna phase me anymore. And mm -hmm. uh, so it's neat that you're experiencing that now. Okay, so that little merit-based uh, reality us men live in. I'm gonna relate it back to uh, Danish society, Scandinavia as a whole. To me, is obviously utopia. I think it's the civilization that has reached the farthest with um, obviously the free education, the free healthcare. You get paid if you don't work. Mm -hmm. It's safe. It's clean. The society as a whole cares about itself. But through my experiences traveling and seeing a lot of different cultures that are more um, not on that page, that are more like violent, that are more uh, extremely patriarchal, like uh, Danish society is very equal. The man and the woman, there's like no difference, right? Related back to football, to me, football is like nature. It is like war. It is like uh, total masculinity, putting yourself out there you know, with your, your brothers, you know, fighting and, and, and camaraderie and, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. So relating to this Danish society, do you feel that's kind of missing as in like that manhood, that masculinity that you feel in football? Like when, when you went back to Denmark, everyone's kind of looking at you like, oh, you know, Valdi's in town. There's, there's no jokes going on now. Um, did you kind of feel what I'm talking about, the individualistic bootstrap mentality of the American and compared to the Danish society? The American society is more doggy dog. I'm going to get mine. Like, I'm going to mm -hmm. take from you compared to the Danish side, which is, hey, let's all share. Let's be friends. Everything is good. I want you to be happy. Well, there's, there's nothing wrong with that, right? But I'm saying when you came back to Denmark, 
and you felt like, you know, with your shoulders up and you were a tough guy now. Like, tell me about that experience. So basically, I started developing kind of two characters, so to say, one for America and one for Denmark, because they're so, so different, like, uh, society-wise. So when I'm in America, I'm more like, I gotta protect myself and stuff like that. I can be ready to, to work for what I want and what is mine. And in Denmark, when I get over there, it's more like, hey, everybody can share, you can have some, I can have some. So do you feel that is good to, in my opinion, I, this is what I grew up in, the mm -hmm. American society, right? And I think there's extreme pros to it and extreme cons to it. And uh, if I can take the pros of it and live my life, um, you know, when I'm all alone or individualistic, like, and take it and live it fully. But also when I'm around people, I got to kind of live more the Euro lifestyle, the Scandinavian lifestyle, because I think it is a more happier life, a more, um, uh, you know, not just work, 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 beat, 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 compete. Mm -hmm. It's more about like, hey, you know, we're all in this together, you know, we're humans and, and whatnot. So that's why I'm asking you, because you're in your kind of a unique position at your age to find these two characters. Like, how do you balance it? And what do you think of uh, the predicament you're kind of in? Well, I, I still bring some of the American uh, Americanness in me when I from, that I've learned from over there, because uh, it's easier when everybody's like, "Hey, let's share and stuff like that." You kind of want to show, "Hey, um, let's try and work for some stuff instead of just like being giving it." Yeah, giving it to everybody. Let, let's let's try let's try like uh, put some work in and stuff like that, and you can. You can say that about football in Denmark, you know, because I play in a Danish club when I'm back. I'm trying to get like more competitiveness uh, in the club and stuff like that. Uh, and so in the daily day life, like uh, I try to bring some of the. How do you view Danish society now that you've lived in America for a year? Oh, it's hard because um, I still love Denmark and stuff like that. But I think it's a little soft, yeah. so to say. Um, because you have like everybody has the opportunity to go somewhere and you have free education, which is good and stuff like that. But you also need that like, like that foot in the ass saying, "Hey, you actually gotta do something." Just to instead of just sitting back and knowing it will come to you, like you gotta, you got you gotta work for some stuff in life and stuff like that. And this is what I noticed after about six months. Um, I was there for close to a year, but after uh, probably the three four month mark you know when i first got there oh my god this is perfect like why isn't everyone doing this and this is like why this is like peak society and everyone else should do this but then i started noticing the cracks mm -hmm. in in danish culture which was basically like they would bitch about the littlest yeah, things yeah, and i'm exactly. like if you put an american in here right now the free healthcare, free education paid if you don't work if you go to jail you're in a freaking hotel like you know etc etc they would be in heaven but the Danes, there's a reason the antidepressant rates are through the roof. There's a reason that I met a lot of these people that were searching for feeling alive, right? That's why they would get into drugs. That's why they would get into drinking a lot. Like when you guys drink, you drink like no tomorrow, right? Yeah. And I felt like I was going through like a weird um, dreamlike world that I never felt like I was getting slapped with reality because you need the lows to feel high, mm -hmm. right? And in Denmark, I think what you were kind of mentioning what i've been saying is it's more given to you yeah. and you know everyone wants to hold your hand and i think in the long run that's what results in you having a, a mental breakdown over someone that said one word you at a dinner table that they probably didn't even mean mm -hmm. you know it's like these little things that escalate into a huge problem because you've never dealt with shit necessarily in, in denmark right yeah so after your first year in the, the usa and you were in new england mm -hmm. For one year at the age of 17, what were the three biggest takeaways, good, bad, 
that you got from uh, American uh, culture, American society? I would say the first one was sacrificing, being able to to like put your head, head down and uh, grind your ass off in order uh, to get places where you thought you'd never be able to go, which has worked for me and proven me that I can do things I never believed I would be able to. Like that bootstrap mentality. Yeah, exactly. Like exactly. just put, like put my head down, I'm gonna work and mm. it's gonna pay off. Mm. Okay. And then uh, I learned about uh, religion over there. We have religion in Denmark. We are Christians in Denmark, but it's not like a huge part of the everyday life compared to America. I was at a family where they went to church every Sunday and that was like totally new for me. And I thought that was quite, um, I wouldn't say strange, but like special. That religion feels that much in the everyday lives. It was like an eye opener. So yeah, Danish is more, not atheist, but more it's not in your everyday yeah, life. Yeah. Like the, the religion and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Even though you guys were Protestant for most of your uh, country's yeah. civilization. So, let me ask you that. Do you think it was uh, a benefit to have um, religion more in your day-to-day -day life compared to in Denmark when you didn't, or no? I don't think so. I think it's kind of limited you on what, uh, in, in your own belief, in your own values and stuff like that. So I personally wouldn't think that it's a positive thing. I think it's a negative thing, but it's all from person to person what they believe. But you said it was special though. Why'd you say it was special? I saw American families, like they didn't eat together or anything like that, but then they came to church and then Every, the whole family came together as a whole, like a grandmother was coming, yeah. and everybody was coming and you're just sitting there and you're having that little moment together and I thought that was, that was special. Yeah, so what's interesting to me is like normally I relate a religious society to a safe type environment. Like you look in uh, Dubai or like some of those countries that obviously have a lot of oil money but they're super Muslim and you can leave a ton of money on the street and no one's gonna pick it up because you know they're about that life, right? I look at a society like Poland and uh, they're super Catholic. And I could feel that the environment around me, I never felt in danger. Like Poland to me has blown my mind with how safe it is compared to um, the amount of money they make, right? Mm -hmm. Like you don't get that kind of cost of living with that safety, I don't think anywhere in the world. It's an amazing place. And so usually I correlate a society that believes in something that has morals and ethics with a safe society. But on the flip side, Denmark, it doesn't really, and no. it's one of the safest places in the world. So that's kind of like a interesting contradiction, for, I don't know, to me. But I think the reason why Denmark is so safe is because the Danes, there's 6 million of them, 98% of them are Danes, and they all have similar morals, similar ethics, similar uh, feelings about society as a whole. Like I've said before, they've transcended the individual, the family, the community, they care about Denmark as a whole, all the people. So maybe that is why they don't need such a, a, um, a common bond through religion. They already have it through their people and their ethics and their morals. The other takeaway, the last one. I was at a friend's house doing, I think it was Thanksgiving or something like that. And I got to meet this whole family. I was so, I'm so grateful they took me in. But I keep getting questions like, how is Denmark? Do you have Chinese food in Denmark and stuff like that? <laughs> and, and I thought to myself, yeah, of course you have Chinese food and washing machines and all that kind of stuff. It kind of shocked me how... Ignorant. Yeah, ignorant. Uh, about the rest of the world. Exactly. They didn't really know about outside of America. I, I didn't think there had been outside of America, except be South America, something like Mexico. They all seem to like live in their own little bubble about only knowing what's happening in America, but doesn't really know what's happening outside. 100%.
and I've, I've uh, talked about this a lot, about the bubble that Americans live in, and it results in extreme pros and extreme cons. It's the reason we put a man on the moon. It's the reason you watch Hollywood films. It's the reason we're speaking in English right now. You know, obviously Great Britain, you know, spread English, but the Americans really spread it everywhere with Hollywood and, and music and, and whatnot. But it's also the reason why we're very fat. You saw a lot of fat mm -hmm. people in yeah. USA. We're um, very unhealthy for the most part. A lot of countries think we're dumb intellectually. You know, we work, 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 which also results in us having a lot of money that we can travel the world and do great things. So our dollar is so strong. We have control and power over a lot of different places in the world because of our military. So like this bubble mentality of only, you know, tunnel vision looking, it results in great things and also on the flip side, you know, worse things. You know, it's the reason the pilgrims and our ancestors came over. They left Europe. They, they weren't fit for that society. They were basically rebels and they put tunnel vision on and created, you know, objectively one of the greatest civilizations that's ever, you know, happened in uh, complete power. You know what I mean? As, as at one point they have power over basically the whole world. That's the pro and the con to it. But it is fascinating. Like, you know, Americans can't put Germany on the map. No, you know, yeah, like yeah. seventy percent of them don't, you know, don't know where Germany is. A lot of them don't have passports. Like, you know, I think we were talking with your family. Is someone said, "Oh, Denmark is that dangerous? Like, there's <laughs> there's bad things." It's like Denmark is a million times safer than the USA. But that's how like, you know, lost in the sauce we are with just our little bubble. Mm -hmm.